This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast that's obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, United in shock as Croatia comes calling for courts. And Boyer's the boy as these finally bring in boss. Hello and welcome to this week's Twa Teams. I'm Tom Duthie. And podding along beside me this week are George Cran. Hello. And Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. How about Temple still on holiday? Yes. And what's happened? Everything's <laughs> come after a quiet few weeks at Tannadice. It's all come to life. He's George. Time, he's timed it well, hasn't he? Tam Courts for Croatia. <laughs> Sounds like a nice holiday. <laughs> I don't say that, but I don't want to go into my personal tragedies. But I would, <laughs> I've heard these. I was there once in a while. Nah, no, I, I like for me. I liked it, but anyway, yeah. You're tall but, though; they're all really yeah. tall. <laughs> uh, yeah, story broke last night that uh, Croatian team Raika would like to speak to Tam Courts about possibly being their new manager. And United being a club that openly. And as far as I'm concerned, as long as they're open about it, that's fine. Puts a price on everyone. I've said, if you meet what we want for him, he can speak to you and you can speak to him there. Of course you can. It's it's, oh, it's a real story coming there. If that, if that actually comes to pass, the, the lad from Kelly Hearts finish up, finishing up in Croatia. You know? um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a strange one. Just how much it affects Dundee United. I'm not so sure. They now have to go out and, and, and hunt down a new manager. Again, before the, again before the season starts, which can be a bit unsettling. Will they appoint from within as I've done before in the paper this week? Of course, Adam Ashgar has said he won't be <laughs> the new manager while his father is still there. So, you know, it, it looks like they would they would sort of go out with Tandis to get one. Tam's still there at this point in time, and a lot of things can happen, you know, obviously between then and now. But yeah, we've got unsettling, I think, Tam for the fans of if, if, if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, we are, to an extent, we're jumping the gun a wee bit and that's not like us with Sean Maloney last <laughs> week. <laughs> but you tend to think if if it's got down to the point where they've, they've obviously indicated, even if nothing's signed with United, they've indicated they would meet the co- compensation and Tam Courts is speaking to them. So there has to be a decent chance he'll be Raika's new manager. It, it looks that, or at least he's... he's Checking out the possibility or the, what it might be like to go and manage in a different country. I'm sure that would probably uh, just the club seems on the surface yeah. without knowing too much yeah. about them. I mean, they're in Europe. He's yeah. not going to disaster. Exactly. They, they, they were beaten cup finalists and finished fourth in the league. So Com- comfortably something fourth. There to work, yeah, something the, there to work with. I think they it? finished about 18 points ahead of fifth or something. There was. There's a big You've gap. been doing your homework I did. today. Five minutes ago, yeah. Well done. <laughs> um, and there's there's good. Obviously, the Croatian national team's got excellent players consistently, so there there is going to be real talent and challenge in that in that division. Um, it's up. To, I guess it's up to Tam Coach whether he, he fancies going for that challenge. It's a it's a big call for somebody to make. To, to go and suddenly just uproot everything and go and try something in a new country, but you never know where it might take yeah, you. It, it, it did strike me in a funny way. It put me in in mind of Ryan Gold because Ryan Gold broke through United as a player and 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 was dedicated to helping United, and that's all we spoke to him about and he spoke to him. But as soon as the chance to go abroad, even mm. when he was still only sixteen, seventeen, he was like, "Oh." Well, that's always been a thing I want to do. I want to go abroad. And Tam Courts might be the same. Understandably, while he's done the United manager, he's not, he's not <laughs> going to walk in after a, a 1-0 win over Rangers last season and say, but by the way, as soon as I get a decent club in Europe, I'm off. So you don't ask, nobody really knows what his thoughts were on his future. Mm-hmm. And another thing that strikes me is, it's great for your CV. Yeah. He's still a young manager, United are his first mm-hmm. senior club, as it were, because Kelty Hearts were still in the juniors. And he's building a portfolio yeah. that, that at the age of 40, he's got to think 20 years in the future. Mm-hmm. 
for in terms of employment. So that in itself must be a lure for him. Yeah, I mean, going to Croatia certainly broadens his horizons if he, he does choose to do that. Tam course is a bit of a late bloomer, Tam, in terms of management and coming on, or coming on the scene in professional football. Obviously, he spent a lot of his time in junior football. He then went on to manage Kelly Hearts. He has been in the United Academy for a long time and it was a bit of a surprise, I've got to say, and a bold move by United to make him first-team coach. But what he's done last season has been fantastic. And I just wonder, well, well the you know the prospect of, of going to Croatia can be exciting, obviously, for him and, and his family if, if they choose to do that. He's only really 12 months into the job at Tannadice and what he's done, he's started something at Tannadice, you know, and I, I just wonder if there's there's something there, you know, maybe he feels that this United team still got a lot, lot, a lot to come from them. There's a lot of young yeah. lads and it's an exciting prospect, which he has began. Would he be willing to step away from that? And if so, you've got to ask the question, why would he be willing to step away from it, Tam? Yeah. Is there something that he's not quite happy about? I mean, I'm not saying there is, but why would he be willing to step away after just one year of success, uh, bringing through young lads, finishing in Europe, which is an exciting prospect. Season ticket sales are, are, are going through the roof at Tannis at this point in time. Really healthy, you know, so... But as a young coach, he's a modern coach. Oppor yeah. The opportunity to hmm. go and manage abroad, as you say, on your CV, goes and does well, he can enhance his prospects of staying in, in the game for a, for a long time. For a long he widens time. his job. Yeah. His market. But me, me, you are right. There are, if Tam Courts takes this job, it'll be the third summer in a row that United have seen a manager move on. Now, there might be simple answers for that. Robbie Nielsen, the, the tie he has to hearts historically was too strong for him to turn that down. Mickey Mellon, although he's a Scot, had spent all his career in England, came up for a year, did decently, but had the chance to go back and go back and work in the environment he knows best. That might be something that, as I say, we don't know, Tam Courts, it might have been an ambition of his, and he might be sitting just now saying, it's come too early, but it's something I wanted to do, I have to go. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you another story. I, it's a long time ago now, so I think I can tell it. Craig Levine said to me off the record when he got the Scotland job, he would rather it was a few years later in his career. But you don't get that yeah. choice. And Tam Courts is a smart guy as well. He'll know that he can't say with 100% certainty or anything like it, oh, well, if I do well at Dundee United for another couple of years, there'll be European clubs lining up. So if he wants to broaden his horizons, he might feel as much as he would like to see the job through at United, he can't turn this down. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, George, on, I'm sure part of your homework was looking at the budgets <laughs> that this team has. <laughs> I don't even know what the currency is in Croatia. Never mind how much money they've got. But, I mean, that in itself, the fact, I mean, Croatia were, were in the last World Cup final Painfully in the Euros, we saw them at Hamden mm. produce a lot of good players. We forget that it's small or smaller a country than Scotland yeah. in terms of population. But they do something right yeah. when it comes to and, coaching. And the, fan, so, the fans are passionate about football. Yeah. As well. oh, yeah. It's a proper hotbed. Yeah, for Even the, the old Yuk Yugoslavia teams, I think, were, yeah. there's a lot of Croatians in there. So Prozineki. Exactly. That wasn't me telling you off or something, George. That was a player when you were a lad. I know, no, I remember. Aye. He liked chain smoker, yeah. by the way. Uh, he liked a fag. At half quite, time, I think. Quite yeah. like a bottle of Prozenecki. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's it's also a good thing for United, even though they don't want to lose their manager, obviously. But if they're if other clubs are looking at their manager and, and want to take him away, that means that something's going right at Dundee United. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, so. it's quite a remarkable start. Asking when you think, just you've just mentioned it to him. Robbie Nielsen leaves, but not because he's he's punted. He, he leaves because he's, he gets an opportunity to go yeah. to Tankers. Mickey Mellon leaves because there's an opportunity to go somewhere else that he quite fancies doing. It mm. could be the case for the third manager on the trot that that they lose Tam Courts because he has been you know hunted effectively yeah. by yeah. now. But in the process, the United other, are still moving other up. Clubs so. in, yeah, at other clubs in Scotland, the manager normally leaves. 
because he's shown the door. Yeah. And you don't have to look too far up the road for that actually happening. Yeah. For I think, you, that I think you have to go back yeah. to the Jim Duffy in the 90s. Yeah. Somebody might correct me here, but I think you have no, to go right. back to Jim Duffy Oops. in the 90s for Dundee to lose a manager because another club <laughs> offered them a exactly. job. Exactly. United have got three on the bounce here, so you're right. Well, there has been sort of change in the managerial hot seat at Tarish. The progress Whatever going on goes, behind yeah. the scenes at Tarish does not change. Yeah. The progress is still there and, and the, the method of getting sort of academy players into the first team where the first team still performs to a level still goes on. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think it's fair to say it springs to mind immediately. United and St. Johnson are the two clubs that are possibly most relaxed about losing managers because they've all... It's usually because they've done well mm-hmm. and they've been able to replace them quite smoothly. And... Right now, there's no reason to believe that if Tam Courts goes, that United won't find someone else who's more than capable of doing a good job. Mm-hmm. But who would that be? Well, Jack Ross's name keeps popping up. Um, he's obviously out of work and very talented manager. Um, would cause a bit of a fuss, I think, in the city, considering how much uh, Dundee fans were wanting him to take over at Dens. I think United fans would maybe enjoy a wee bit of that. Yes, if that happened. Um, and would you look any further than, than Jack Ross as United finished fourth last season and want to move on if Tam Courts leaves? I, I think Jack Ross would be probably top of the top of the list, wouldn't he? He's, he's the one that springs to mind immediately. It struck me, though, that one thing, Tony Ashgar's background as an agent, he dealt with people all over the world. Now, I... I I say all over the world. I think when it came, comes to a point of manager, he would re- reduce that to Europe. But I think I think he would want to look at a few candidates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jack Ross obviously would spring to mind. He's available for a start, but there's a lot of things that you have to take into consideration. I'm sure Jack Ross would be looking for a sal- salary that's at least comparable to what Tam Courts is getting, and probably slightly more. You probably would imagine more, where yeah. he's been. Will Jack Ross want to bring in his own? backroom staff and hmm. does that affect the structure at Tannadice that you've already got and the same could be said for any manager you've got a guy like Sean Maloney as well who's who's out there but it would be an exciting prospect for any manager coming in you've got a team yeah. who are on the well in the next few weeks will be involved in European football yeah. you're not coming in as we've seen so often in the past trying to salvage a, a, a relegation job sort of thing you know trying to keep a team afloat this this team is in a, a good position I'd say the structure is in place They've got a lot of a lot of young lads who have, have tasted first team football. They've got a lot waiting in the wings to taste first team football. They've got good experienced players under contract. What's what's not to like about it, uh, George? Not much. No much. They're, they're in like a really good place, United, at the moment. Never, never. The only thing, that I th- the only disappointment I think they had last season was sometimes the the quality of football on, on offer. Yeah. I think that's that's something that the club would be looking to address for next season and you just and you just wonder that. as well maybe that's in, in Tam Court's mind as well as he did last season can he do that that's the can, he, can he keep that yeah. up and, and there are a, a, still a section of the support there that are critical of, of how he sets his teams up mm-hmm. yeah I was I was going to say I don't believe it's anything like a majority but there's certainly United fans who won't lose any sleep no. over him going mm-hmm. Now, and that, I mean, going back to Jack Ross, one of Jack Ross's criticisms at Hibs was the fans didn't like the football. Now, as a lifelong Dundee fan, I just would like the results. <laughs> <laughs> Could we get some wins, please? The football can come in. But you're right, Tam Court's challenge, if he's at United next season, is to make it a wee bit more attractive. Mm-hmm. And that's that's... It's maybe the final 20%, if you like, but that's the most difficult. Hmm. part of it isn't it is 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 making it pleasing on the eye most weeks as well as successful yeah of course it's because ultimately as 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 every club maybe you could you can maybe discount hearts from that but every other club the first thing they've got to make sure they do is one don't get involved in a relegation battle and two don't get relegated yeah. now Tamcoats has got to balance up a team that is solid and resolute at the back with a team that the fans want to see bombing forward at every every opportunity and you just have to change that slightly Tam before you know it you're getting picked off left right and centre I used St Johnson as a good example 
they're a great example of that. They won two cups and finished in the top half of the league. Needed a playoff to stay in yeah. the league this season. I mean, it doesn't take a lot no. to go wrong. No. People forget that. Outside of the old farm, it doesn't take a yeah. lot to go wrong for teams to be in the mire. There's not much. You could throw a blank over most of the teams and for most of the season as well. But it's just suddenly at the end, things start to stretch a bit. As you get, some teams will put on a good run at the right time and get themselves into that top six. And you, and you, you suddenly think, well, there was never any danger there. But for a lot of the time, for most of the teams, they're looking yeah. over their shoulder. I would say United, have, uh, to the point last season where they started well, and then they had a wee dip. They were maybe getting pulled back into that, under that blanket, yeah. and then they stretched away again before teams right. could get a hold of them. So, yeah, but they're, they're, you've got to be very careful. Careful what you wish for as well. And, and what's proven to be a busy week at United, George? They've lost one of their talented young players to Hearts. Yeah, that was uh, disappointing. Uh, United are, are built as a club that, that they're going to bring through youngsters, give them a chance the first team, and then look to sell them on. So it's no surprise when all teams come in, but you, you, it's losing a, a player like Lewis Nielsen to a, a rival in the same division, Hearts. And then, well, we have to wait and see what actually happens if there's a fee or, or not. United think there should be a fee. Hearts seem to think they can get... A, they're not due a fee. It all depends on, I think, when United offered their contract or how much, if it was a, an improved contract. Uh, United, I think, yeah. feel they're in a strong position on that front. And the only reason, my understanding is, the only reason there wouldn't be a fee is because United made an error somewhere yeah. in the process of offering them a new deal. I don't, well, it may end up taking a tribunal to, to sort yes. it out. United have obviously been in that boat before uh, and came out the wrong side. With, if you remember Charlie Telfer, ended up having to pay a, a chunk uh, of money for yes, him. Yes, had to pay a lot of money for him. Um, but aside from the off-the-field money and all that sort of stuff, you, you spend a lot of time on bringing through these players and you don't want to lose them quite as easily as that, I would say. Um he hadn't been in the first team a whole lot over the past season. He'd been in and out. Uh, I think done okay, but you want to keep your youngsters, don't you? Yeah, you do. We need to, something like 10 appearances he had. In, at his age, you want to see him for a bit longer. Mm -hmm. uh, but then maybe that's why he decided. Uh -huh. Also, it, it's yeah. it's another one of these ones. There's, there's understandable side issues there. Robbie Nielsen, I would imagine, knows him. Yeah. So Robbie Nielsen likes him, wants him. He might have liked working for Robbie Nielsen. And and one thing I think there, it's terrible all this praise of United, but one thing, they, they seem to take it in their stride. As yeah. George said, it has to be frustrating. Yeah. has to be disappointing. They don't really dwell on these things, do they? No, they say, well, no. that's it. He's made his choice, on you go. No. And it's, it strikes me as a decent way to handle it, even if they're kicking doors and bins in the office, you know, yeah. after the laddie's gone. Players, players move and they've all got their own agents and the families will be telling them this and that and maybe maybe Robbie Nielsen's offered them, uh, spoken. Robbie Nielsen will be well aware of the player, of the potential that he has. He looks to me like he's a big lad, he looks physically quite quite strong. Robbie um, Robbie's, uh, is a guy who likes players who are physically strong. Likes and strong saying, obviously, he's a talented lad as well, so... And Hearts are a, are a major club in Scottish football. Let's let's not kid ourselves on. It's it's a it's a great move for him. I've got to say, let's just hope that United get the compensation that they merit, and, and it's not yeah. uh, you know some yeah. sort of admin error that costs some a six figure sum because that's what they deserve for for taking this boy through and and training him. You know, it would be a right kick in the teeth if they get end up with nothing. And let's hope it's not all. Protracted, you know, yeah. tribunal situation where it goes on and on and on. But uh, yeah, but United will take in their side time because they've got that they've got that structure in place where we've lost one, but we've got another half a dozen there banging yeah. at the door to get in. So yeah, disappointing, but you move on. And in positive news, George is about to tell us Ian Harks. Looks like his future's at Tannadice. It looks like he's going to sign an extension. Um, Obviously, his contract came to an end. We were talking about it last week, weren't we? I can't remember. It was a long time ago. We were. Yeah. We were talking um, about it last week and saying that it would be a great yeah. 
a great coup for the United to keep him. Yeah. I think so. And when I he gets actually, I actually just heard this morning he's going to Rijeka. So <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It, well, he's not signed a contract yet, so you never know. But yes, and you, you feel like when it gets to every, this point... Every time, every time we start speaking about what, what might happen today, <laughs> I think Sean Maloney. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, that's, that's <laughs> the worry. But when it gets to this stage, you, you start to wonder. You start to think, oh, he's probably going to leave then. So it's it's good it's good to hear that right at the, the very last knock-ins that United have convinced them to stick around. Because I like him. I think he's a, he's, a, he's a good player. He moves the ball forward really really. Good well. type to have about your dressing room. Yeah. He's, he's very enthusiastic. Yeah. Gets on with his work. Yeah. Uh, and then other good news, not so much, not for United, but it's nice to see that Celtic have reportedly yeah. got an interest in Benjamin Segrist after yeah. bemoaned the lack of top clubs looking at what is an excellent goalkeeper. Yeah, well, I hope, I hope that's the case. I mean, because I think it's a, it's a good fit, a good fit for both, and it's I think it, you know, it would be justice for Segrist to end up at a, a club like. Celtic, you know, a, a major European football institution uh, for what he he's done. Deserves it. It, he deserves it. He deserves I'd rather see him, and uh, uh, United fans might not like me for saying it, I'd rather see him playing for Celtic yeah. than playing down in the lower leagues in England for, was it Preston? He would mm. no disrespect yeah. to Preston. I'd rather see him there. And I know he's, he'd have to go and battle for his, his jersey, but you you get the feeling that if he gets a chance and shows what he can do mm. at like as he did at Tannadice, you know, it wouldn't be long before he'd be grasping that number one shirt because I don't know what's the situation with Joe Hart. Is Joe Hart still there? Is, is Joe Hart on loan or is he was not on loan? Was he? He no, was on signed. loan. I think. Did he sign? Is he yeah. signed? Is yeah. He yeah. 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 He's, so he'll still be around. Right. Although I would, and I've always quite liked Joe Hart, but mm. I would say, looking at the, the seasons they had. I would put them on a par. The one thing you're going to have to get used to with Celtic, Tom, is you're going to have a lot of games where you're not going to be doing hellish much. Yes. <laughs> it changes. You know, at Tardis, you know, he, he was making save after save, week after week. Well, at Celtic Park, that's not going to be no, the case. No, it's, it's a different a, mental thing yeah, that you've got to get. And concentration is exactly what it is, yeah. So, no, but I hope that happens and I hope he gets a, a deal that he's looking for because I, I'd rather see him playing there than disappearing in the lower leagues in England. And... To finish on a downer, <laughs> are United going to start the season facing an injury crisis? Because I'm looking here that after a, what looks a right nice trip to Sunderland for a pre-season game no, in July. Sunderland are coming here. Are they? You're not reading math. Read oh, it says a friendly at Tannadice. <laughs> oh, God, I better. I managed to book the one train from exactly. Dundee, England each day. I have to cancel it now. Still, oh, no. Still go down there and watch it down there. But anyway, the point I was, go the point I was going to make, they're taking a risk playing Scott Brown's Fleetwood Town <laughs> in a pre-season game. That could... Uh, uh, if I can't imagine a Scott Brown team, although this is his first sojourn into management, but I can't imagine imagine a Scott Brown team playing any friendly. <laughs> there could be uh, yeah. tackles flying in that one. I don't think they'd be shrinking violets, will they? Two interesting games, though. Obviously, Sunderland just got promoted back to the championship, and Alec Sneal's there, and seem to be finally going in the right direction. That they're expecting a lot of fans to come up. Be an interesting one. Um, I, th I think I'll wave to them when we'll do, when the trains <laughs> pass. I think they're playing Rangers as well. That I read this morning uh, in a friendly. So, and then Fleetwood. I, I can't say that I know too much about the makeup of Fleetwood. Other than Scott Brown's there and he, he napped Sean Rooney off uh, St Johnston, but that'd be a decent wee trip for for United fans heading down there. Yeah, kind of Black, Blackpool area, that kind of thing. That'd be a Nice weekend away, I would imagine, the end of July. I travelled down the M6 to Shrewsbury a few, three or four years ago now. Uh, let me tell you, the M6 in July is not, it's a long trip. It's not the place to be. You'd rather be at Manchester Airport, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> the queues are just as long. But I mean, actually it makes, in fairness, good business sense from United getting Sunderland at Tannadice. Yeah. <laughs> Because the world, Sunderland will bring a big... They're anticipating 4,000 now. Whether or not it's 4,000, I would say now it won't be less than 2,500. Ah. It could easily, easily be more than 4,000. It's a good day it's out a, for them, for Sunderland. Yeah. It's not that far coming up the, 
No, well, it used to, in the days of trains, it used to be a journey, <laughs> but now who yeah. knows? They'll maybe have to leave at half-time, like the Scotland fans <laughs> were asked to buy ScotRail. But we shall see, but expect on Saturday the 23rd of... No, no, I'm getting the dates wrong now. It's the 16th of July. I'm having an, I'm having a United pre-season nightmare, and it's still over a month away. <laughs> 16th of July, the tune will be jumping, and, but... The, just advice, let's not call it the tune when the Sunderland fans are here. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, Dundee've got a manager. And I can't, he's fair. I did. Yeah. <laughs> How long was he up here? Not very, very long, but he was uh, Ian Boyer, U English League winner, European Cup winner, League Cup winner, a favourite of Brian Clough. Could have been a Billy Big Time guy, and I, I just remember what a nice man he was. Mm. And I'm told by people in the game that I still speak to occasionally, that includes you, George, that yeah. his son Gary, the new Dundee manager, is uh, just as nice. Very much in the same mould, yeah. He was, he was, yeah, it was a really positive way to start your life at Dundee. He immediately sat down and, and just started telling his stories about. The people he'd met up here and the people he'd, he knew, he knows a lot of people. A former teammate of Tommy Wright, I believe. Yeah, and uh, Ray McKinnon as well, obviously well-known. Well, well that's always a bad thing <laughs> to everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and quite a, f a few people you, he spoke to. Yeah. Um, but I, I get the feeling that he's... he's he, he'll brighten the place up at the very least, uh, which I think Dundee need at the moment after obviously relegation disappointment of the, the whole season basically um, he's quick with a joke quick with a story and his background in coaching is is pretty impressive not just his he's managed big clubs um, in terms of I'm particularly looking at Blackburn where, where he started but he's also been through academies at Derby and Blackburn big clubs that bring through a, a lot of good players and, and stuff so the the thing that Strachan, Gordon Strachan and uh, John Nelms kept saying was that he ticked all the boxes and it, it does feel that he's got the background and, and youth coaching that they want they want to bring through their own young players, which they've been doing over the past few years, but they want somebody with the experience of being a manager to come in uh, and get the, the club going Why back in the right direction. Why did Sean Maloney for so long? Like? <laughs> I suppose he well, had some experience. Yeah, the, 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 we, we, John Nelms actually spoke to us, he sat down and we had an interview with him with with the, the written press. Uh, spoke a lot. He did not speak much about Sean Maloney and, and Chat Ross. He, he just said that no uh, no contracts or money had been I mean, offered I'll to anyone. I'll be critical else. of the, uh, another managerial search that's been a bit, looked a bit haphazard and disorganised. But you can understand they've appointed a manager. You understand why they want to speak about him. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and I think in the end, I, I think they've got. Well, it's difficult to say before we see his team play, but it feels like they've picked a good one. Just looking at his background, his demeanour and, and the way he, he approached everything uh, yesterday when, when he met the media, and it was, it was all smiles, lots of laughs. But the, there was also a serious side to him, and you could tell he, he knows, his, knows his stuff. Obviously, as we spoke about, his dad won everything going. Uh, so it, you think some of that winning mentality will, will have rubbed off. On his boy, um, like he, he was. We we're speaking about his dad having and having the spell up here as a coach at United. Um, but Gary Boyer at that time, I think, was at Nottingham Forest as a, as a youngster. So he, I don't think he'd actually come up to Dundee until no, no. The job, well, so. I, I think I, I think Ian Boyer stayed in digs up here. I'm, I'm sure he wasn't. It was a year or so at maximum. Uh, but it was it was near the end of Jim McLean's time as manager, and it mm. was something. That Jim McLean was quite f fond of, you know, taking coaches that he hadn't worked with and uh, mm. from from other areas, just just to keep a freshness about the place, and and that was one of his very successful uh, appointments, as I remember. But going back going back to this one specifically, Bear, it occurred to me that they drew up a short list of five. And, and and some people will say, well, they did. They, they failed with Jack Ross. They failed with Sean Maloney. There's no no point in sort of uh, trying to sort mm -hmm. of smooth over that. 
But in a way, it's rather, now, in Kevin Thompson's found work elsewhere, but rather than work your way down the list of the original interviews, is it probably the, a better thing to say, well, let's look around again, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and see if we get someone, if we find someone else of this, that they think is of the same calibre? Yeah, uh, you know, you can talk about the guys who didn't take the job, and there'll be various reasons for that, and speculation is rife on mm. the reasons why Maloney didn't take it, why Jack Ross didn't take it, and we've all got our own things, but that shouldn't matter a jot to Dundee FC now. They've got a manager in charge, and it's a break It's a break away from the norm, Tom, in terms of a manager. I would suggest he's the Americans have tended to go for, not always a rookie boss, but young managers. Mm, yeah. Take Jim McIntyre out of the equation, but he was, he was in for a salvage job. Take Mark McGee out of the equation, again, in for a salvage job. In terms of starting the season... <coughs> You know, I've seen guys like Paul Hartley uh, and Neil McCann and yet, you know, James McPeak. I don't know. This is this is slightly different. And I think it's a wise move. I think, as you say, George, he's, he's a guy who's con- he's, he's quite comfortable in his own skin. Definitely. Yeah. You know, the, where he's at. Um, it's important they got a manager in place. We're talking about Dundee United playing a friendly on July 16. Dundee actually begin the season on July 16, I think. July 9. July 9, is it? Well, there you go. So it's four... Are they at Sunderland as well? <laughs> well, that's nearly. Strand, well, Strand, Strand, Rara, that's, that's near enough, isn't it? Oh, God. No. I, think that's, no, I think that's the 16th, that's July 16th. Yeah. But July 9, yeah, I mean, what's that? Is that in that, the, the, the cup? The Premier Sports Cup, yeah. that's my birthday. So I'll be right, nice well, that's birth, something nice to look forward to. So yeah. He's only got four weeks, effectively, to get his head around the players, but if he, if he comes across to the players the way he's initially come across to the press... Then they'll all be on board, you know. It yeah. looks like a guy who's he's going to take everybody with him. There's, you know, he looks like, he, you know, he, he looks like a happy sort of chap. You know, yeah, Everything's going to be enjoyment based. That's not to say he's not got a job to do, Tom, and he, yeah. he knows exactly what it is. But he's 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 going to have to get to know the players very quickly. Um, you know, it's important as we've we've spoken about in the past that they do get off to a good start. They are going to be the big scalp in that division yet again. But we've seen in the past how difficult Dundee have uh, time Dundee have had to cope with that. Um, but hopefully, it is you know the beginning of a new era for Dundee. And I'm hoping, Tom, that if he can bring success, they've got a good chance of getting into this division. The squad he's got in place. Is a strong squad. We know that. If, that. if that squad doesn't change, there might be one or two people who leave. But in general, it's a strong squad, and I'm sure there'll be a few additions. But with his sort of knowledge of the English lower leagues, if they do manage to get back up to the Premier League, I'm hoping that he has the contact network to get them in a position where he, whereby he can bring in players that will allow them to build a team that will stay in the mm. Premier League. Because too often now we've gone up and we've gone up with a championship side, and I've got to say we haven't improved enough to stay in the division. And other teams have managed that, and Dundee haven't managed it. So maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, um, but I think it's important to be positive. Um, obviously, George, you've spoken to the guys, brought the guy Billy Barr. I don't know anything about him whatsoever, but makes you know, good lemonade. Yeah, it's 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 a good. That's a terrible joke. It's good that they've got. You some, have to go high and yeah, brew, surely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, it's, it's, it's good that they've got somebody in. It's important they've got somebody in, and now he'll just be wanting to get on with the job at hand. Yeah. The interesting thing, just talking about uh, bringing players in, John Elms revealed they're looking to bring in a head of recruitment as well. Um, so they want to put the manager in place and then get head of recruitment. Yeah. So they're to- totally kind of reshaping the way yeah. they do things. So the manager will have the final say, but he would go to the head of recruitment and go on track and they would all come together and say, oh, I want a left back. Yeah. And they would, the idea is they would already have a, a list w- so waiting. What, what, what exactly is Gordon Strachan's role then? Well, he'll be the boss of it all, basically. Yeah. But it looks like it's going to be a, a more collaborative, if I can't even say that, yeah. but collaborative effort. That was the one thing. Effort than just, yeah. ma- just it's only up that to the manager. That was the one thing I wondered so. about when, when putting an experienced guy, you know, like uh, Gary Boyer, that uh, if he's working under Gordon Strachan yeah, effectively, is he that. quite happy? Do, he obviously is. He said he is. Quite comfortable yeah. doing that. Well, or I, is Gordon Strachan maybe going to... He would have done that at Blackburn. Yeah, is Gordon Strachan because... Salford, he had... Yeah, he had uh, because, because the manager is, is has the experience, he has, will Gordon Strachan maybe take a slightly backward step? But you're, you're saying yeah. they're actually thinking about bringing someone else in there 
So it would be sort of... Yeah, and so, so well, the ideal scenario, as you say, Gary Bowyer would have his own network yeah. and people he knows and it, the players he likes. Then you've got Gordon Strachan, yeah. who's got his own... They, they hadn't met at all yeah. previously. Well, Gary Bowyer said they met at a concert 30 uh-huh. years ago, but aside from that, they hadn't yeah. worked together. So you've got two separate kind of networks yeah. and then you'd hope the head of recruitment's already got their own, yeah. so... And I would think the, the league's obviously working in Salford and that. And we see it up here, Tom. That's the market that we are moving at. Even, yeah. even in the Premier League. That is the market that, that Dundee... Will, Gary Boyle will have a knowledge of the budget down there and what they're paying for players. Hmm. And he will be looking at it going, well, we can get this guy up on that sort of salary here and he can do a job for us. And that's and that is yeah. a great sort of thing to have in your locker. I think so. I mean, if you look at his CV, he's had ups and, ups and downs, I think... People will say, well, well, what did he do at Blackburn? Well, <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the most pertinent thing at Blackburn is he kept his job at Blackburn for longer <laughs> than anyone yeah. than, other than Tony Mowbray, who left in bizarre circumstances. So he did decent. He got Blackpool promoted, left again because it's a strange. <laughs> it was a strange club at the time. He knows. He knows that the, uh, those divisions. He knows the situation albeit down south, he knows the situation Dundee are in, he'll know what's expected of them. And that, I said just before we started recording, I actually stumbled by accident across his final game as Salford, Boston. What stuck me? Big, strong team. Mm. And when I think about it now, I'm not going to complain about a big, strong team in the championship if that's what no, he produces. That's, that's certainly the, the way Dundee were looking at going before they appointed him anyway, so you'd think that that's absolutely the way they're going to go it was interesting that the Blackpool job he took over them they'd just been relegated twice in a row I think from the championship right down to league two I think I think maybe two seasons run or maybe two and three so they were a club on the slide they'd been relegated he took them over and managed to turn them around getting playing decent stuff and got up through the playoffs straight away so he's been in this situation before where he's taken over a club that certainly believes it should be in a higher division but is on the way down and managed to turn them around and get them back up so I think that goes in his favour as well it's, it's, it's not quite the same situation but it's a similar one yeah and Barry as you've already touched on at some length they've gone for a real manager this mm. time and you God love our beloved dark blues but you is it a job for a rookie boss uh, a, a rookie boss would have to get lucky, Tom. You know, I think that uh, I noticed in his press conference he was very careful not to promise anything. He said, "We'll give a yeah. right good." I think it was a right good go. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's a, a shrewd move right from the outset. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's the one thing he's going to have to do is quickly get to know his players. I don't know when they're back. Maybe you'll be able to tell us, George, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks yet. Is it? End uh, of next week. Yeah, because you want next to see weekend. them. You want yeah. to see them all very quickly. Speak to them all. Outline his plans. But there's exciting times, I think, at Dens. There are a few good youngsters begin, mm. to, begin to come through as well. And you talk about beefing the team up. You can do that to a point, but you still need to have sort of your your, your flair players as well. And if yeah. they're only five foot five or whatever, as you get them in the team, you're somehow manager. I say again, the championship, as you say, is, it's not for playing football. At the start of the season, you get away with it because the parts are nice and flat and green mm-hmm. and the ball runs through. But very quickly, Tom, when you get into sort of October, November, you need to have a team that as well as playing football, they know how to win games and can grind out results. Mm-hmm. They get back to keeping clean sheets at the back, going away from home to tough places like Zacapolo and Firhill and getting wins. Gayfield. Yeah. Yeah. Gayfield, yeah. It says he's looking forward to going to Gayfield. It's all, it's all yeah. tough and it's all, it's all new for him, but as an experienced boss, he's seen it all. Yeah. He'll be able to handle things. It's not going to be smooth. It never is. But the one thing you've got to say, that the most important thing is it come the end of April, start of May next year, I've done your sitting top of the league, nobody mm-hmm. will be caring about that. No, no. he was talking about his excitement actually of taking on the Scottish Championship, which we don't hear very often, and playing every team four times, he was like, this is totally different to what I'm used yeah. to, so he's really looking forward oh, to that. What's stale to us is fresh yeah. Yes. And I think maybe not playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, as they do in the lower leagues down south. Yeah, for big chunks. Yeah, of yeah they've got a lot less games in the, the, Tra- the travelling so. that's involved in that in terms yeah. as well, sometimes down in England. Also, I, I saw some, somewhere yesterday that 
they're going to ask Dave McKay to stay on as well and is, do we know if that's going to happen uh, not heard anything on, on, on Dave McKay's future yet yeah I thought I saw that somewhere. I would be a, that that to me would be a good. It's a yeah. I'm encouraged by that. That's first I've heard of it to be honest. But smart move right away because one of the things I was going to say is there's all sorts of talks that the, the budget's going to be quite tight this season and stuff like that. And it's a thing we've touched on before when Dundee Dundee are in the championship, the fans expect promotion. Promotion is success. Mm -hmm. Anything else is failure, and that's just the way it is. And as a fan, I would say that's the way it should be. Someone like Dave Mackay will be able to make that clear uh, to the manager. I mean, that's the, I think that's one thing that, uh, without putting pressure on mm -hmm. him, if I'm John Nelms or Gordon Strach, and I'm saying I'm quietly, by the way, our fans expect promotion. Mm. We maybe know what hurdles you'll have to overcome to get that, but don't be in any doubt about the, what the punters are in the stands mm. are expecting from you. And it's it's good for him to know that right from the start. Yeah. The other good thing is that I've been told that Dave McKay listens to this podcast, so we better keep saying nice stuff about it. <laughs> I was like Dave. <laughs> Get him on. Get him on, Dave. Eh? Cup tie Dave McKay. Yeah. I remember, I remember uh, a former owner, Tom Callum Melville. That was one of his lines, sickened is nowhere. Yeah. I think we used that headline in the tilly. Unfortunately, we crashed out administration not long after that. <laughs> and we just, we did well to keep our heads above water, staying second bottom that season, I think, you know. Uh, but uh, Tom's right, you know, it's it's what Dundee fans expect. And that can be, a, a, as as well as that being a positive, it can also be a, a weight around your shoulders. Mm. And some players have, I find, great difficulty in handling yeah. that, you know. But I hope the fans get right behind him. He is new manager. Jack Ross might have been in the running. Sean Maloney, Baloney might have been in the running. There might have been a few others in there as well, but Gary Boyer is the manager, so let's all get get behind him and give him a chance to you know to, to put his own team on the park. I think that there'll be one or two changes, but he's got he's got a good squad there. If he can get them all moving in the right direction, yeah. And again, as I read George's notes, which I've come in early enough, we heard before. I see it. It's also encouraging to see John Nelms talk about reality football. Because I always think, and, and we've said here, the, I mean, the championship can be a good, exciting league and a decent football is played, but you've got, as you said, Bear, you've got to be able to battle your way through. Look at Derek McInnes. I'm sure he wasn't happy with some of Kilmarnock's performances and some of the ways he had to set up mm. his Kilmarnock team in the second half of the season. But it was, it's about a means to an end. Yeah, yeah it's a slog. It's a battle. Always in the championship, and I think that's maybe why there were doubts over Sean Maloney coming in because obviously we saw his he's a very modern style of coach. His Hibs team was was all about possession, maybe a bit too much at, at times, or didn't quite get the the kind of attacking side of it right. So there'd be maybe worries that he'd, mm -hmm. he'd be uh, Dundee would end up being a slave to passing out from the back yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. Feels like Gary Bowie is a lot more. Well, you've got. I mean, what's with what he's we've got? All, we've mm. all looked at the championship. We look at the championship last season. You look at games at Firhill where they were not. The pitch, this is, this is a sort the of pitch, a, a plastic. You just looked at that pitch and went, "There is no way you can play a passing game on like yeah, that." No. Pitch. You've got to get the Basically, ball. Basically, you can't pass no. when the ball's hitting your shin. You, and you get the ball. You can do. Yeah. You get the ball forward and you try and win balls in the final third, and you do it from there. Mm. You look at places like Capelo towards the end of the season, uh, uh, during the season. You know, it's like a ploughed field sometimes at Capital. Yeah. Again, it's just it's where, where, the, where the pitch is, it obviously soaks up water and, you know, it, it's tough to play football. You look at places like Gayfield, where the surface tends to be really good, but the elements yeah. Work, yeah. It, work against you. So you've got to take all these things into account, you know, throughout the course of a season, you know, and you have to be able to play football when you, when you get the chance to play football, but see when you've got to just go out there and, and, mm. and run over the top of the team and show your physicality and win games that way and, and just be, as I said, resolute at the back. And just grind out points, and you have to be able to be able to do that. It's not just going to be a, a, a completely sort of we're watching Brazil here. <laughs> it never has been watching Dundee. I've got to see Boston, <laughs> but you know where I'm coming from. It's not total football. You've got to be able to change change the way you, you can win a game. And just thinking here, he, he might have a very happy, experienced player in the sense that after after the way Northern Ireland are doing now, now McGinn, who could be a big player for Dundee. Partly because Northern Ireland have made it clear that they, they want him around. Mm -hmm. 
uh, next season. But he'll be glad to be back at Dens. <laughs> the way they're playing. But player, yeah. players like him I mean, could have a big part to play. You'd, you'd think in the championship he would really show you the, the, he's a, a cut above that level. Because he joined Dundee to play in the Premiership and make no bones yeah. about it. He didn't join them expecting to get relegated. Uh, but part, a big part of him joining Dundee was the the chance to keep playing with Northern Ireland and he's continuing to do that I think he's in the he's almost at 80 caps now I think for his country which is incredible really but he could be a, a, a player that Dundee lean on next season in terms of his ability and, and he'd probably usually in the left wing but he showed just towards the end of the the campaign he was, he was starting to get goals and he was starting to to bring goals with assists and stuff, I think, yeah, I, th I think he could be an important one. It, we've, we've talked about Paul McMullen on, on the other uh, the other side. I think that's it's getting obviously they've got the service there. I think that they absolutely need to get a striker. That's yeah. where they're really short at the moment. They need to get a goal goal getter and a big striker. I, I would expect them to be looking for somebody with a real kind of physical attributes that that, that can they can. And if they get another striker, it takes out the, 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 the real benefit. And many managers have said this to me. Sometimes the benefit of a signing is, and I'm thinking about Zach Rudden, takes a wee bit of pressure off someone else. Mm -hmm. And they're the one that go, oh, you signed him, but he had a great season. But would he, you know, you get someone else and then it's not. Because right now it looks, the focus for goals is going to be on Zach Rudden because he scored so many in the first half of Mm -hmm. last season in the championship and that puts a bit of pressure on what's still quite a young player mm -hmm. he is a young man I, I felt I felt a bit for Zach Rundle last season he came in at, you know over the Christmas window and I think Dundee fans thought he was going to be the, the, the saviour but it was always going to be the case that he wasn't going to get many opportunities and he didn't get many opportunities in the box starting to score goals now hopefully that will change did he get enough opportunities to actually play yeah there is a case for that Should I thought stuck I thought, with him well, I thought even in the games he came on, he, he tired quickly. You know, he looked he looked as though he was a bit off the pace, and that happens. Even though you're training day in day out, if you're not actually playing it in matches, you don't get your match fitness up. You're not sharp mm. enough on on the move. But he showed a couple of good things towards the end there against Hibs. He, he showed a couple of things that we hadn't seen, and I think in the championship he will get goals. Um, but we need to give the lad a chance. He could do with a foil. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Whether Dundee could get someone like, you know, Arbroath did it last season. What a lone capture that was, Joel Newbley. There's yeah. somewhere of that elk you could could sort of bounce boys off, and then you know you've got you've got options there. That's something that they'll, obviously they'll be looking at, and maybe maybe with Gary Boyer's uh, contacts, he might be able to bring someone up that can do that from down south that we've not heard of, because I'm sure everyone's looking for someone to do them a turn. But uh, yeah, I've still got. I hope the fans give Zachary the chance, even if he doesn't go off to a flying start. Let's. I, I, you've got. Right. He's still a young man. I think we should remember that. Great stuff. After this, we'll move on to the internationals. Over a sense of disappointment at the Ukraine result, guys. After that great win against Armenia, which I actually watched. <laughs> yeah, the, well, yeah, it was better. Played, well, they smashed Armenia, really, didn't they? Yeah. Can you uh, really put that in it? We've smashed uh, them. No, we've sm smashed them 2 0. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, uh, could it be? Could it be a lot more? And I think it, I agree with you. We smashed Armenia, but I have to say, um, th there's an example. Armenia smashed themselves. There's an example of deciding this is how we play. And at times you have to go, no. They kept, they kept trying to pass it out, yeah. and literally the, <laughs> the, the back four couldn't get the ball to their midfield. In Scotland, well done to them. Quickly latched. I think they were going to start pressing high anyway, but they said, we're not going to stop pressing high because you're passing to us deep in your half. Mm -hmm. And, and it, allowed, it allowed Scotland to play. And, and It's only the Nations League. It's only Armenia. But it was encouraging. And it's, I thought it said a lot about the character of the squad. Because I must admit, if it, if it had been me, I'd have just wanted to go here after the Ukrainian <laughs> game. Yeah. Well, that, and yeah. a very good crowd, despite yeah. ScotRail telling everyone to go home at half time. <laughs> I think they showed a lot more hunger. Maybe we were disappointed it was missing last week. Not that they didn't want to win, but it yeah. just didn't happen at all. There was a lot of players, I felt, that were out of form with their clubs. 
Yeah, things were going wrong and they didn't react. Yeah, they, 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 and they, they went in their shells. I think it's, Steve Clark's changes were, were good. I wanted McKenna to play last week. He played this week. Played very well. Scored one and was unlucky not to, to have a second. And Anthony Ralston was really impressive on the, yeah. on the right. We've now got two right backs. Yeah, proper right backs. So we had none. You've, you've, yeah. Well, Hickey as well. O'Donnell. O'Donnell as well. We've got four. Four, exactly. There's four left backs. Can I just add Kami Kerr's name in there? <laughs> no. Not, not at this point. <laughs> no. But no, no. You've also got a young lad up Aberdeen who's going to Liverpool for four exactly. months, apparently. Yeah. Two yeah. Backs, sober. Too many full backs. Yeah, we've, it does strike me about the squad. We've got more really good international and maybe a couple of almost world class players in the squad, but they're all in the same positions. Yeah. Could, we, could we get could a we, striker, please? Could we get yeah. a really good striker? No, no offense to Lyndon Dykes or Che Adams. Yeah. I, I thought actually, I thought he struggled a wee bit. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't think he was great. Last night, although the the one the one area they did cover the pack the, between the posts, yeah, the, the really packed. Yeah, the, the, there was plenty of room out wide for players, but in their penalty box they were followed. I mean, McKenna's goal—they tried to, they, they appealed for a VAR, a VAR to rule it out, yeah. but it was, it was two of them that were running yeah. each other. You don't get a foul from your own teammate when another team scores. Yeah. But you, you touched on McKenna, and it's, it's you you have to say he wasn't up against a caliber of opposition. That even he's used to playing in the English Championship and will face in other games. But he looks like he's come on. Yeah, I think so. He, he looks, I was saying before, before the podcast, that I think he looks bigger, which yeah. he was big already big, when he was at Aberdeen. Anyway, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it looks like he's filled it even further down south, which you have to. Whenever you see players play in the, the top leagues in England, they are absolutely massive. Even the ones that don't look yeah. particularly tall on TV, when you see them in the flesh, they're up. huge. And it looks like he's he's really grown into himself as a player as well. I, I, I liked him at Aberdeen, but he, he never I never felt he quite got the credit he, d he deserved for for some of his play up here. Um, but it's really settled into that Nottingham Forest team, and they've been absolutely flying. Um, and I al he always struck me as a big stopper at Aberdeen, mm -hmm. and that was his strength. And he's still a big, strong, physical defender. Mm -hmm. But but last night he, he he's used. The ball mm. was impressive yeah. and he looked very comfortable on the ball. And I think it's one of these things. I mean, he's not Virgil van Dijk, but clubs down south, the big clubs, who ended, one of them ended up paying 80 million for van Dijk, shied away from van Dijk a wee bit when he was at Celtic because they didn't like the standard of the opposition he was playing against. Sometimes you look at a player and you go, well, it doesn't matter about the standard of the opposition. He's, this boy looks a good player. Yeah. And last night, McKenna, John Suter, Jack Henry, who I've always been... Jack Henry thinks he's Virgil van Dijk. <laughs> he does, oh, he, he does he, he, he's always <laughs> believed that. But, but I mean, I, 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 he looked very comfortable. Yeah. He's come on too. It's, it, it's encouraging. Yeah. The good thing was about the, uh, the back three were wanted to step in. You know, if there was nothing on the moment. McKenna did it on numerous occasions, mm. just go forward and, and try to break the lines, which is which is always good. I was glad. I thought the team played well. I think uh, Steve Clark made the right changes. I, you know, I was. We were all disappointed. The whole country was disappointed. I felt I felt the criticism levelled at him after the Ukraine game was a bit harsh. I think you've got to look. Scotland have been outclassed a couple of times, not very often in the recent past. But you look at Croatia at Hamden during the Euros, and you look at. Ukraine in that game, and I don't think Scotland played particularly well against Ukraine as well. No. And mm. I think you know, see when you're Tom, see when you're playing, when you're when you're playing against poor opposition, you can sometimes if you play poorly, you can sometimes get a result. See when you're playing quality opposition, if you play poorly, you'll lose. Yes. And that's mm. that's what happened against Ukraine. I watched Ukraine against Wales on Sunday, and I thought they were excellent. Unfortunately, it just didn't go for them. I thought Wales to a man defended magnificently. I thought their goalkeeper, Wayne Hennessy, was very much underrated, had, had a, a sterling game. And of course, they've got Gareth Bale, who just comes up with a fizzer free kick. And, you know, the lot went for them. You've got to see on yeah. the day. And it's sick, man, because you're yeah. going, could have been us. Yeah. But the bounce back against uh, last night, you know, against, albeit against Armenia. And I think they put the smile back on the faces again. And hopefully they can now go on a wee run. And they've got a nice game on Sunday. It'll be interesting to see how they do against the Republic. Yeah, well, it will be there. Saturday, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, hey, look, 
this this podcast this week comes with a warning. <laughs> Dates and venues are up to you to yeah. check out. Yeah. Um, I, it's a good time to be getting the Republic. And then I think so. They've got next Tuesday, I know it is, uh, they're off to Armenia. That'll be a... That'll be a tester. It'll be an interesting one because they won't be able to... They'll be a wee bit tired as well after three games in a week. And yeah. 60 games over the season. 60 yeah. games over the season. There's no way they can they can no. press the way they did at Hamden no. uh, against Armenia. And then, then you see, because don't forget, Armenia actually beat the Republic. Yeah. yeah. Well, hearing what... Apparently, Ireland played quite well over there, but ran out of steam because it was so hot in Armenia. So that's something that Scotland are going to have to. Yeah, it's a later, a later kickoff that we're yeah. seeing in commentary uh, last night, which is which is a good thing because actually being in Anorak, I looked on my, my weather app and it's thirty degrees uh, there just now. So the later the, the yeah. later the, <laughs> the play, the better. Yeah, uh, but it would be good. It'd be a great lift for the country. The other lift for the country is the I mean the European draws. A long, long way away, but Scotland are going to be second seed. And given it seems to be that, like everybody and their brother gets a chance to qualify, the the top two in the Euro groups qualify automatically. And even if you don't get the top two, you might still get a playoff. Yeah. Th- so th- th- there's a chance. And the, f- the fact they're second seeds, if if it's a decent draw when it comes, yeah. which mm-hmm. is I think, so the end of the Nations League before they draw the Euros so I'm looking well ahead if they, if they get a decent group yeah. they're in a strong pl- strong place before a, yeah. a ball's kicked and in as disappointing as not qualifying for the World Cup was we shouldn't forget Steve Clark is making progress yeah and you can you can obviously put yourself in a really good position by winning this Nations League as well because you get a playoff that's how we got up yeah. to the Euros the last yeah. time Um Imagine if the qualifying, mate, Bear and I remember the days, even you remember the days that they actually qualified from <laughs> yeah. the first group, the group they were yeah. in. I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're, you're right. I think the good thing now from Steve Clark's point of view, and I think you see it, the, the way he's able to make changes, and it, you know, there's still quality there. Changes the entire yeah. back line and there's still quality in there. Mm. And we do need a bit more quality up top. I think we've spoken about it um, with, with Lyndon Dykes and Chi Adams. No disrespect to those two, but we just lack a wee bit in that area, but all over the park, elsewhere, you know, midfield and in defence, you know, you wouldn't be sort of unhappy, you know, whatever he does. You've seen guys on the bench that weren't playing last night, guys like David Turnbull and that, who could come in and do shit. I thought Carl McGregor was magnificent yeah. again. John yeah. McGinn, how long can he keep going? You just wonder, you wonder what the lineup will be on Sunday again, you know, it's, it's a hard shift. And as you see, the flight to Armenia the, the following midweek, it'll be interesting to see how he changes it, but you've, it's every international manager has got the same problem. I mean, I was watching a wee bit of the uh, the Holland game last night against uh, Wales, and I hardly recognised the Holland player, to be perfectly honest, in in, in that team. Um, Did he change the whole team? Yeah, yeah I think so. Quite a, quite a bit. You know? And then had a go at UEFA afterwards. I saw Louis van Gaal. Aye, I, diplomatic I, I, as always. I must admit, it, it struck me, Enjoyed especially it, with seasons finishing late after the pandemic. Next season's going to be all over the place because the World Cups, the World Cup finishes yeah. on the 18th of December. Uh, I love my international football, but if I was a club, I mean, if I'm Jurgen Klopp, oh, yeah. I'm like, Robertson, say you're injured or something. Yeah. Because uh, he, lo- he looked tired at the end of Liverpool season. He did. Mm. Four, four games later, I mean, I mean yeah. teams are back at pre season. Okay, not not the very biggest teams, but teams are back at pre-season the same week as the Nations yeah. League still going on. Now, it's crazy. You say, oh, the only training in the morning and there's, there's always the stuff, but there's, right. there's still full-time athletes. They yeah. need, they need a break. They you need, need a break. If not else, you need time with your family. It's a mental thing, Tom. You need you need to get away from it just to, just to sort of clear your head. You know, we're all, all the same. When, we were, I mean, when you were working, you used to... You used to do the same time. You're, you're, it's good I to get away. It's good, it's good to be involved in it, but when, you, when you're away, what I'm saying is you can switch off. I mean, yeah. when you're away, you can you turn your mobile phone off, mm. you can get away, just just nothing about football. A lot of boys will still be sort of checking their mobile phone and see what's, but in general, you can actually get your brain cleared of everything so that you're fresh, so that you can, you know, get ready to go again. And Andy Robertson, 
from a physical point of view, he just goes up and down that line Aye. all night. You know? And still, he looked disappointed when he got taken off <laughs> last night. I bet you Jurgen Klopp yeah. was shouting at half time. It's 2 0, get yeah. him off. Well, Steve Clark, Steve Clark, well, as you mentioned him in the German Steve accent, Clark mentioned yeah. him in the, in the, in the after match sort of presser, but you know, he's, he, he, he paid tribute to him on the park and off the park. So you, you can imagine, he's obviously now a skipper. He's standing up in that change room and saying, Look, you know, we're all disappointed, but we've got to go and get ourselves back on the bike and start winning games again. And you know, people sit there and listen to him. And as a figure now, you can see Andy yeah. Robertson grown into the Scotland captain role. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's happened at Liverpool as well. Yeah. He's in the last season yeah. and a half or so. He's, he's emerged as one of the leaders. Yes. In their team, and it, it's great to see because he's he, he's always I remember him as a kid at Tannerice. He's so enthusiastic, and that that spreads, doesn't it? Well, I think we've exhausted everything for this week. We'll be back next week. Reflecting on two Scotland victories, three Gary Boyer sign-ins, and whoever the new United manager is. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>